Our second lesson today is from the book of the prophet Isaiah. It too is printed in your bulletin insert should you like to follow along. As Pastor Ellen used to invite us simply to close our eyes and listen, so I invite you to do that as well, if that feels good. Um, Listen for these words from Isaiah 60. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of God has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the peoples, but the Holy One will arise upon you and glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light and sovereigns to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look around. They all gather together, they come to you, the sons, your sons shall come from far away, and your daughters shall be carried on their nurses' arms. Then you shall see and be radiant, your heart shall thrill and rejoice, because of the abundance of the sea shall be brought to you, the wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you, the young camels of Midian and Ephah, all of those from Sheba, they shall come. They shall bring gold, frankincense, and shall proclaim the praise of God. Here ends our second lesson. You know, I don't know about you, but when I enter a dark room, especially one I haven't been in before, my only concern is how do I get the light in? Where is the light? How do I get the light in and where is the light? If you think about it, this is really a core question of life, regardless of whether we use these words or not. So today, you know, where is the light as we read about the devastation in Aleppo? Where is the light as we grieve the loss of lives in that recent attack in Istanbul and most recently in the airport in Fort Lauderdale? Where is the light as we turn our attention to Washington, D.C. and see the potential dismantling of so many advances we've gained the past eight years? Where is the light where we see folks getting in power who seem to be blind to global warming and the plight of the poor and the rights of immigrants? Where is the light? This question and the longing for light is really core to the human experience and has been something that humans have been seeking down through the ages and we continue to seek in our own day. As we heard from Isaiah, arise, shine, for your light has come. But where is it? How do we see, grasp, that the glory of God has risen upon us? During these weeks of Advent and Christmas, We've been praying with the theme, how the light gets in. And we've looked at it from a variety of perspectives and angles. But today, as I consider the questions of how light gets in and where light is, I'm beginning to see that they are one and the same, for they both point to God. Oh yes, there's physical light that comes from the sun, and artificial light that comes from generated electricity, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what Isaiah was getting on about so many centuries ago. When we, when we, when we open ourselves to the light of God in us, 
while opening ourselves to the very nature of God, which is love. For the nature of love and the nature of God are the same. So another way, I suppose, of answering the question, how does the light get in or where is the light, is to ask how God gets in. So how does God get into you? How does God get into our society and our government, our institutions, our heart? How does God get in? I believe this was the driving, motivating force behind those astrologers centuries ago as they followed the light of the star to discover the light of the world. They had a longing, a desire to discover light, love. Today we celebrate Epiphany, that Epiphany eons ago, which was wonderfully sung about, and our Epiphanies today. And what is an Epiphany? Epiphany is from Greek, and it means manifestation. That's all it means. It means seeing a sign. It's being aware of an appearance, recognizing something that you haven't recognized before. An Epiphany is grasping and understanding it's that aha it's that when your breath is taken away when you realize that you've gotten something that you hadn't gotten before epiphanies are those moments of revelation those instances of sight and insight when we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we've experienced the very presence of the holy that you've seen light and you know it you know it So what is it about light, love, that so captivates us, motivates us, impels us to action? Light, love, illumines the darkness. It warms us, it renews us, it settles us, it makes things grow, makes us grow. It replaces shadows with clarity. I mean, theologically speaking, God is love. Theologically speaking, God is light. So how does light, love, get in? Richard Rohr recently wrote, Divine love is the absolute open-heartedness. When we're in an open-hearted space, our energy flows outward, ever-expanding, like an aperture, getting wider and wider and wider. But when we're in a space that's not open-hearted, a closed space, our energy sucks in. We constrict. We become like a prune. And the aperture becomes very, very tight. When we're in a closed-in space, our focus is often on ourselves. That person did me wrong. I don't like the people who voted for Trump. I don't like the people who voted for Hillary. I don't like the people who didn't vote. I don't like my uncle, his closed-mindedness. That person's a jerk. You get it. Rohr says it doesn't help that our brains have evolved to hold negative thoughts like Velcro. And we let the positive thoughts slip away like Teflon. I really love that image. To retain a positive experience, then he offers a very simple 
prayer practice that I've been working on and practicing and trying. And I think it works. He says that we have to intentionally hold on to a thought or a message to ourselves at least 15 seconds. Now, don't ignore me. Keep, stay with me. Repeating it over and over in our mind, which allows our mind to imprint the new information. Now, when I first read that, I thought, oh, come on, Richard. 15 seconds. Give me a break. But I thought, okay, you know, he's much smarter than me, so I'll try it. And so I said out loud, very slowly, this positive intention, I'm going to show compassion to my relative Daniel. I said it five complete times in 15 seconds. You know, I'm feeling differently toward Daniel. He and I disagree on probably every political and social topic possible. Now, I won't say that my angst or my pinchedness with him has disappeared, but it's lessening. There is a space in my heart for Daniel that prior to the election was not there and after the election was not there. This is one way how light love gets in. War says that one has to deliberately and consciously choose to love and not to hate. August 16th, 2005, Brother Roger, the founder of the community in Teze, I always get emotional about this, during a prayer service, um, a mentally ill woman jumped over the sanctuary and stabbed him in the neck. He died almost instantly. He was 95. From the beginning, the Taze community has been and continues to be a beacon of light, a community of love to the world. Taze is a place that shines light, that shines love into the darkness. And I can, to attest, I can attest to this because I've had the privilege of being able to pray there over the past 15 plus years. Brother Alois, the new leader of the community following Roger's death, prayed a prayer of forgiveness for the mentally ill woman. To do this, I believe, was the embodiment of love. When asked the question, where is the light now? For Brother, Brother Roger was really a beacon of light. Alois said, we can do nothing but hold the light. We can do nothing else but hold the light as we continue to be light, to be the love of Christ to the world. Where is the light? It shines from the brothers, the community in Taze. Flying home from Seattle last week, thinking about Epiphany after spending some time with my family, I asked myself, how does the light get in? And then I thought, how does the light get in? Me. How does the light get in me, Jeff? How do I get it? How do we get it? Like those wise astrologers got it when they saw the infant Christ child. And it reminded me of a story that I shared 10 years ago that I'm gonna share again. It was flying home from Seattle 10 years ago on Alaska Airlines. I was reading their in-flight magazine and I came across this letter to the editor. When my husband and I boarded our flight from Seattle to LA, a very nice pilot 
His name was First Officer Gary Duke Ellington, invited our son Christopher to the cockpit. Chris, 12, has muscular dystrophy. His face just lit up as he came back down the aisle. He couldn't stop talking about the cockpit, the instruments, the controls, and he told us when he got well, he wanted to be a pilot. The flight was wonderful. The entire crew was great to us and to Chris. When we land in LAX, the pilot asked for our address. Several weeks later, Chris received a beautiful card and a pair of wings from the pilot that he had earned in the service. Chris wore those ring wings every day. Wherever he went, he simply wouldn't take them off. About three months later, it was Chris's 13th birthday. There was a knock at the door, and it was the pilot. He wanted to see how Chris was doing. This is a true story. And he had a surprise. He gave Chris one of his old flight pilot's jackets from the war that he had worn in the service. Chris was beside himself. When he wore that coat with the wings, he was energized and felt incredibly special. And so did we. Six months later, Chris died. We still have the jacket, the wings, and the card. But we'll never forget what pilot Gary Duke Ellington did through his generosity, his kindness, his thoughtfulness. We simply haven't words. We're so grateful that our son's last few months were filled with such joy and happiness. Thank you. How does the light get in? How does love get in? Gary, the pilot, was light to young Chris and to his parents. This is the truth of epiphany. Like those words by Brother Ali Weiss, we can do nothing else but hold the light as we continue to be the light, to be the love of Christ for the world. You know, you and I are not the source of light, nor are we the source of love, but we are the keepers of it. We are the keepers of love and light. And on those occasions when you discover that you're not holding light or love, that maybe the apertures of your heart are more closed than open, stop for 15 seconds and practice repeating a new intention as you pray to the holy, send me an epiphany. Send me as an epiphany. Send me as an epiphany. That you and I might be light and love, bringing a transformation to this world that so desperately needs it. So where is light? Look in the mirror. Amen. <laughs>